always get nervous um, that someone like during a uh, like a communion talk or maybe even in a prayer or in the announcements or maybe John will like they'll just still like say the one thing that I'm trying to get across in my sermon and then I'm I don't have to spend 25 minutes getting it across um, and, and and Kimber did that really in the video <laughs> just uh, stole my sermon idea so we'll go in a different direction maybe a completely different direction <laughs> he gets to make the choice. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I, I thought someone was going to come forward after that. <laughs> when you're bad, you go under. He gets to make the choice. <laughs> then she crawled backward up a wall. <laughs> oh, but anyway, whenever uh, you parents who had kids up here know that it is really, uh, it's nerve-wracking to have your kid up here, because what if they say the wrong thing? It's going to reflect poorly on you, and what if, like, what if, what if they don't say, you're stand up, stand up, and they all get down, and, or they all do a motion, and your kid doesn't do it, what's wrong with my kid? We only do that when our kid is in front, like, in front of people, whenever they are being seen, or being uh, watched by others. It's why people um, uh, lose their mind at the store with their kids. When you're at it, when at when you're at a store with the kids, the kid are the kids just doing normal kid things. They're like, "Hey," and they're singing a song. You're like, we don't sing at a store. Why? Because other people are here. Didn't answer my question. Kids can sing. Let them sing. Let them have fun. But we get really nervous when people are watching our children, and we get nervous when people are watching us. I don't want them to think this or that. We don't want people to see us from the wrong perspective, see us from like, oh, I don't, I don't want them to think bad things. Maybe they'll think I'm, I'm, I don't want to come across the wrong way. I think that's a decent instinct but it's not one that we should base our whole life around. Because when we do that, we're just... That's how we got to the place where we we really have um, made those sins that people can see, the bad ones, and made the sins that happen on the inside, our brokenness and frailty, all that that happens on the inside, we make that kind of low-grade. You know, someone comes forward and they're struggling with an addiction. We don't know what to say. Someone comes forward and they're struggling with um, depression. Sometimes churches haven't been good about saying things about that. But a man comes forward and says, I'm really wrestling with my anger. All of us come forward and go, you know, we've all been there. And it just, we've normalized some things. And we've victimized others. And it's all because we don't want to appear sinful. We don't want to appear like we don't have it all together. I mean, it's sort of evidenced by, and we're not, we don't do this fantastic, we don't do this at our church all that well, but, um, nor should we, but sometimes we, we get ready for church and we're like, well, 
I guess I will look way richer than I actually am today. Got to get doted up. Wear a hat. Not a man. Men, no hats. Women, plenty of hats. Just make sure the bill goes all the way around. Otherwise, it's not an appropriate hat for God. We want to appear good. So we can check those boxes that are these outside surface sins. And no one checks us on what's going on in our heart. Except Jesus. Jesus did that really well. And sometimes it seems like we get to the Sermon on the Mount and we hear the commands of Jesus and we're not going to read through the whole thing. Although uh, Amy, uh, Amy Dutiles, uh, Scott, so Vicky, Scott and Vicky, uh, Eddie and Vicky Bean, I'm getting down. Uh, Eddie and Vicky Bean, uh, their son-in-law can quote the whole Sermon on the Mount and tell it like a sermon, and I can't. But next week I'm going to try. That's not true. <laughs> No, he, he can do it, and it's beautiful. We're not going to do the whole thing today. We're going to just look at bits and pieces, and you're going to see that this is kind of the pattern of what Jesus does at the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. He, he, he says things like this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject, subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be dangers of the fire of hell. Or the word is Gehenna, which was actually a place outside the city. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Notice it doesn't say you have something against your brother or sister. But if they have something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and recon be reconciled to them. Then come to offer your gift. What is going on inside? Jesus asks. When we come to worship, sometimes we want, we want to appear a certain way. We, we, we joke about this here a lot, but you come to church sometimes. Sometimes the three-minute drive to church, or for some of you, the 30-minute drive to church, is the worst thing for your marriage. Because you've just, you've just spent the whole morning trying to get ready to go. And then you didn't go when you wanted to go. And now you're going and it's not going like you'd hoped. And somebody, the person there is, is, is the enemy. Because you wanted to go and they weren't ready to go. And now that you're going, they're not even ready to go now. And then you get here and you arrive and... Men, sometimes you're going to arrive at a place and as soon as you pull up, your wife's going to pull down the, the visor, open it and start doing things. <laughs> Just let it go. Just sit there until you can finally go. Because you don't know this, but the thing they're doing 
if they did it in the car while you were driving, they would stab their eyes out. And it's not good for you to rush them. But so you're just panicked and you're fighting and you're, I can't believe you said that to me. What? What did I say? You know. I'm so sorry, but if you hadn't, and your mother, and then it's back, all of a sudden, <laughs> you're in like a zone, and then you, you get out of the car and dust off the hate, and you walk in, and people are like, oh, well, hello, how are you? We're fine. <laughs> what happened? What happened from the car to the building? I got to a place where I needed to present myself. I needed to present, I needed to appear a certain way. And so once I get in here, the work has to be done. I have to dry my eyes and I have to, I have to unwrinkle my shirt and I have to make sure there's not a bruise on my face from where she punched me. And I have to, like there's all sorts, you have to appear. We're fine, we're fine, we're fine. The church is fine, but we're not fine. We're not fine. Stop being fine. Because there's people in your life that don't like you right now. There's people who took what you said the wrong way or the right way, and now they're mad. And Jesus says those relationships matter more than how you present yourself here at worship. I remember whenever, um, and this was, a, this was a big day for us, Rachel and I. We were on, um, I don't even remember the details, I don't remember where we were, but we were on some youth trip. And they had, all the youth had gone in um, to, uh, to the house to play a game at this uh, mission trip kind of thing. And Rachel and I stayed outside to have an argument. And it wasn't um, a pleasant argument. It wasn't like... No, I think Swiss cheese is better. Like it was a, it was, it was, I don't even remember what it was about, but it was not an argument that was fun for our marriage. And, and this is early on in our marriage, and early on in your marriage, you have more of those. Um, and I remember we were um, walking back in, we had settled things. We were like, what are we going to tell them? We've been out here a while. And we decided to tell them that we were arguing. Because the instinct to say, oh, we were, we were discussing plans for tomorrow. That's not good for them. They don't need pretend leaders. They needed real people. Real marriages that argue, that, that disagree, that, that take things the wrong way. We need real folk. Not pretend. And Jesus says, Jesus says, you're, you're coming to worship and you've got these relationships. It's bigger than just worship. It's about relationships. You go deal with the stuff that's going on internally. And you don't fake it until the final amen. He says other things. Like you've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Oh, that one's hard. 
Do not resist an evil person. But I tell you, do not resist. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants your, wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Isn't this one that we hedge? Isn't this, this is the one where we're like, we're so, what's it? Churches are so big on like, we do what the Bible says. If the Bible says it, we do it. Except when it's hard. This is hard. Someone comes at you, let them. Someone takes advantage of you, let them. Someone abuses you, let them. Now, if you're in, if they're in the same home with them, leave them. But if if it, you you've got you've got to work on what's inside of you. Do not seek revenge. That's inside work. He goes on. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He, is ca he causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteousness, righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, let's pause this for a second. We've watched too much Charlie Brown to understand this verse properly. Charlie Brown, he's on the beach. Um, he's on the, in the, on the uh, baseball field. He's somewhere. Rain cloud shows up, starts raining. Just on him. He's like, oh, and he gets up and he walks away and it follows him. Charlie Brown is always getting rained on. In our world, rain is bad. But just like Paul prayed in our world, if you're growing a garden, rain is good. So when Jesus says, our Father in heaven, you want to be like our Father in heaven because He sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous and the sun on the righteous and the unrighteous. He's not saying He sends good and bad things to both people. He's saying Jesus is good to both, to all people. Because in an agricultural society, sun and rain are both, are the two most positive things you can get. God treats all people with love and blessing and grace. And Jesus says, so should you. Now, at this point in the sermon, I've just put up three passages and there's more. You can go read them. Now, I, I would be surprised if, if any of you weren't convicted by just these three. They're hard. Not seeking revenge. Initiating healing the broken relationships in your life. Being the initiator of that. Valuing relationships over worship. That's hard. If someone persecutes you, pray for them. If someone's your enemy, love them. Jesus doesn't come at us with make sure your shorts are knee length and make sure that you don't um, go swimming within the same pool with an opposite gender and make sure like he doesn't come up, come to us with ticky tack surface level sins. He says you watch your inside self. You 
watch, let Jesus change the stuff that's happening in you, in your soul, in your heart, in your brain. You give Jesus that sort of stuff and you give Jesus your reactions. You say, Benjamin, that's impossible. Yep, it is. It's really, it's really, really hard. You'll never really be good at it. But that's great. Because you have a Savior who was, and you have a Savior who redeemed you, and when you fail, you will be forgiven. It's fine. But Jesus is talking about the inside stuff because Jesus has a point, and He's been building on this point ever since the beginning of this little section. And we're going to read the beginning of this little section now. Now. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and, gives, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. See, the, the Israelite people had become a people who were, who were obsessed with their own group. And they were really obsessed with who was in their group and who was out of their group. And they, they kind of dis, had disdain for the people that were outside the group. And they celebrated the people that were in the group. If you were an Israelite, you were great. You were in good standing. If you were a proselyte, which was basically um, being converted to Judaism with surgery, or a God-fearer converted to Jerusalem Israelite without surgery, um, ask your parents. But it was circumcision. Do you get circumcised or not? But they, they, would, they would give those people, yeah, you're kind of with us. And then if you weren't circumcised, ah, you're, you're with us, but you, know, you stay over there. And they, were, they, had, they had rings of who was in and who was out. If you were Israelite, you were God's people and you were good. And those and Gentiles were awful. And then Jesus says, the people that are persecuting you, the Romans, the Greeks, the, the, the people in your midst, the Herodians, the Her people who served Herod, those people you've got to love. And when they hit you, you turn the other cheek. Whenever they, they were being persecuted. People, people were dying because of their belief in God. People were being double taxed because, that, because they followed God. The clerk at Starbucks wasn't saying Merry Christmas to them. Serious persecution. I'm just kidding about that last one. Give that up, please. They were being seriously persecuted. And Jesus says, you roll with it. That's how the kingdom works. You turn the other cheek. You pray for those who persecute you. When they grab you and they say, you've got to carry my stuff. A Roman soldier would do that. They would just grab somebody and say, you've got to carry my stuff for a mile. And you, you at that point say, I'll do it for two. Because we are lights to the world. We are, we are a city on a hill. We are the salt of the earth. That doesn't mean we're the best people. It just means we're God's people. And he doesn't want us staring at our own belly buttons the whole time. He doesn't want us just focused on ourselves. That's called navel gazing. 
That's a type of person, just a navel gazer. Let me talk about me and I and me and I. We can do that as a church. We can be about us and who's in and who's out and who who really isn't like they're, they're like a really a member. When, when I when I when I was growing up, people in the back row, not as much Christians as the people on the front row. I once heard a preacher say uh, he was talking about back row Christians, which was awkward because they were back there. I think it was on a Sunday night and none of us sat in the back row because we're all the best Christians on Sunday night. I'm just kidding. But he was talking about back row Christians. He goes, you know, if, I had my, if, I, if it was up to me, I'd just take that back row out. <laughs> you know, when you did that, the second to the back row would be the new back row. It's nonsense. Either you trust in Jesus or you don't. Either you're with him or you don't. But sometimes we kind of create these circles of who's like really in and who's the in, in group and who's, who, who's on the outskirts and we're not really sure about them. Je- Jesus is saying your job is not to administrate the church, but it's to spread the kingdom. Your job, your job isn't to look, look at yourself and evaluate like, well, who's this and who's that and have we got this right? And I don't know about the carpet. And there are people, there, we, we, we can find something to nitpick about in church. Kids are being too loud. Go tell their mom. No? Okay. Get, what? What? We've got all this, we've got all these little things that we could we could pick apart in church, but let's not pick it apart. Satan wants us to pick it apart. Jesus' point is in the spreading of the gospel, you will not get your way. In the in the in in the, the mission of the kingdom, you will not be appeased. We we actually haven't had this here that I know of, where someone's like, you know, I'm leaving because y'all won't do this. See ya. Get gone. Find a church that will let you complain because this is not it. This is, we have a mission, and the mission is to go into the world and be the kingdom for the world. And we can't do that whenever we're, we're constantly trying to make things fair for us. We're constantly trying to figure out why we're the only ones and they're not. It's a nonsense mission. Jesus says you're going to have to not get your way. You're going to have to get abused. You're going to have to be taken advantage of and you're going to have to volunteer your time again the next time. Because the kingdom needs us to shine. The kingdom needs us to be the salt of the earth. The kingdom of God needs us to look up from ourselves and look to the world. Jesus is, the, the main part of Jesus' sermon is he's talking about people that are less than so he talks about divorce, which in that time was like spousal abuse because women couldn't divorce men and men were just getting rid of women. You Remember that time Jesus sees a woman at the well and he says, 
you've been, yeah, I know you've been divorced a lot and now you're living with a man that won't even marry you. That's not her sin. That's her abuse. That's her being taken advantage of. And he's not convicting her. He's connecting with her and sharing with her and relieving her shame. Jesus is talking about people who are who will abuse us and people we have abused in the Sermon on the Mount. And he tells us, be the church to both those people. Be the kingdom to all of those people. And you can't, you can't do that. He was specifically telling people of Israel, you can't do that when you're focused so much on how you've got it right and everyone else has it wrong. You just can't do that. So when we say, or when I say, we, I'm a demon, uh, we, I don't refer to myself as we, the royal, we, um, when, I, when I say, come, come forward and give your life to Jesus, I'm saying, do you want to join the team? I'm asking you, do you want to join the kingdom? Do you want to participate in the movement? Do you want to get go? Well, I'm not saying let's let's get you, let's get all your stuff in order for when you die. I'm saying let's let's get your king straight before you go live your week. So do you want to follow the king this week? Do you want to shine a light into the world this week? Do you want to be the salt of the earth this week? You're going to need Jesus to go with you. You're going to need to come be with Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day. If, if you've just if you've gotten to the point where you just don't eat, the saltiness is gone, the light has been put out. Come on, well, that's what you got your church family for. We'll pray with you. We'll be a part. We'll we'll, we'll join you in your pain. We will treat you like Jesus has treated us. Please come forward while we stand and sing.